0: This episode of the Crack House Chronicles is brought to you by CVC Visual Concepts. I'm going to tell you, these guys have got it going on when it comes to your printing needs. Whether it's stickers, banners, posters, t-shirts, oh my god, t-shirts, yes, decals, whatever your printing need is, these guys can do it. They do great quality, they've got a quick turnaround time. Our latest stickers we had done for the Crack House Chronicles, they did them for us. Great quality. Good product. Give them a call today. I'm going to put a link to their website and Facebook page in the description for this podcast. Also, if you contact them and you mention Crack House Chronicles, they will give you 10% off your bill. So why not check them out today? Give them a call. That's CVC Visual Concepts. Hey, what is up everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host. And guys, I am pleased and just overexcited to announce I have a new co-host. Dale, what's up?
1: What's up, Donnie? Glad to be here. Glad you asked me to uh, jump on this ride and uh, let's hit the runway and I'm ready to take off.
0: Well, we're going to take off. We're not going to crash. Either. This is going to be great. I'm, I am just super excited to have you with me, man. This is, this is going to be good stuff because we're going to continue to do this. We're going to put out a podcast once a week and make this thing work? Let's do it. All right, this episode this week is is a mysterious case, and it's the murder of Rhonda Annette Henson. Now, Dale, we know that, you know, the holiday seasons is a time for Christmas parties and pretty much a a traditional way of easing into the festival spirit. And this case happened at that time of year, Christmas time, and it was the night... Of December twenty second, nineteen eighty one. I think you said that was a Tuesday night. Yeah,
1: Tuesday night.
0: Rhonda, she had you know recently graduated from high school in Valdez, North Carolina. She was the daughter of Bobby and Judy Henson. And she had got a job at uh, Hickory Steel as a cleric worker, I think.
1: That's correct. Yep.
0: And they were they had their Christmas party that night. And from everything I've read and everything I've heard that they stayed till about 12 o'clock she went with some friends or co-workers that were there
1: yeah that's what i read too that went, and it happened to be at the american legion hall in hickory north carolina okay
0: american legion hall but it was the their uh, hickory steel company's christmas party yes so just try to separate those two places together but they stayed till around midnight that night and she was with her friends and they left and i think the original plan was they were all going to spend the night together hang out or whatever but Rhonda. Was going home.
1: Yep, that's right. They got there, and she decided about 1230 she was just going to go on home.
0: Yeah. So she got on Interstate 40, heading toward Valdez, and exited off the Mineral Springs Mountain Road exit.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, exit 112, if I'm correct on that.
0: Okay. And she exited off and was turned under the underpass and was heading up a hill. It's just a little small grade. I've been through there. It's been a while since I've been through there. And it's a small grade heel. And that was where, at about 1230, her car, she was struck by a bullet from a high-powered rifle. Right. And this bullet pierced the back of her car. She was driving a Datsun
1: 210. Yep, B210, beige in color.
0: Beige in color. And it was. these are small cars, Dale. They're not a very high-setting profile car,
1: are they? No, very, very small with, with a, you know, dick lid about... 32 inches from what I'd gather. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even the roof height is only like 53 inches off the ground. So it's 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 a tiny car. So it's a small
0: car. Yeah. All right. So she was going up this hill heading to her home, and she was less than a mile from her house. Yep. Her house is up at the top of this hill in a little uh, development up there. That was when she was struck. The bullet from a high-powered rifle struck the back of her car, went through the back of her car, through the back seat, through the driver's seat, and pierced her lung and heart from everything I've read. Per- One shot, yep. One shot. They, there's been no other evidence of any other shot at all. And at that point, you know, we had talked about this off the air, and we don't know if that Dotson was a, a straight drive or an or a automatic.
1: Right. We? No, I couldn't find any information at all on that. I don't think they even released it or they didn't think it was important. But to me, I was, I was kind of wondering.
0: But anyway, getting to that, that's kind of weird because the car, when Ronda was hit with this bullet, the car rolled back down the hill, crossing the center line and backed off the highway, sort of angled with the back end of the car in the ditch and the front end still on the highway.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: We're going to post pictures of this. There's pictures online, but we're going to post pictures of this on our uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook and stuff, and you guys can check it out there. But the car was off the road... The driver's window was down. Yep. All right, Dale, what kind of what kind of details do you have about that night?
1: Well, that night it was laying there, well, when it uh, when rolled into the back there, the door was open, the car was running, the lights were still on, and everything when they found it. But we know that uh, it was a pretty dark night. It was a dark, with, uh, temperatures probably around the 30s. There was a waning crescent moon, visibility around 20%. But we also did see that the moon rise wasn't until 4.06 a.m., so, so it was thinking pitch, it was pretty pitch black. It was pitch time. black that night, right? right yeah.
0: So, and, and you said the temperatures. What was what that night?
1: Well, the low was uh, in the, was around 30, and the high was around 50, so we're, I would think it was around 30 degrees. So, yeah, there, yeah. that, that, the that kind of
0: weirds me out that the, the driver's window was
1: rolled down. Right. It would be awful chilly.
0: Now, why was that window rolled down? Was she Was she stopped by someone? Did she— Know someone or somebody approached her vehicle before she was shot? I mean, would she have had the, would she, you know, after being shot through the heart, would she have, you know, you'd, you're going to live for a little while. You're going to, you know, I don't think you're going to die right away. Right. Would she have had the, the ability or the thought to roll that window down?
1: I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a, I mean, you and I talk, thing.
0: we've talked too, you know, if you're driving home, you're, you know, if you get sleepy while driving, this was this was 1230. It was pretty late, yeah. Um, I mean, I have. I've rolled the window down.
1: Yeah, me too. And Several j- huh. times.
0: Just to, just to get some fresh air to stay awake. So we don't know if that was the case or what. But anyway, the car backed up down the highway, was on the left side of the road, and the driver's door was open. Rhonda was laying outside the car when she was found on her back with her arms almost looking like it, her arms were down by her side, like they were placed there.
1: Yeah, an, an, an unnatural position. Say if she fell out of the car backwards, she wouldn't have been laying like that.
0: No. Uh-uh. All
1: right, let's get into
0: some of the eyewitness stuff here. Before Rhonda was shot, eyewitness had spotted a vehicle under the underpass, right. sitting under the underpass. The, this vehicle... From everything I've read, Dale, was a blue Chevy.
1: Yeah, what I read, the lady said it was somewhere between 1215 and 1230, and there were two men in a blue Chevrolet, and they were facing north, sitting underneath at the, at the exit.
0: Yeah, they were actually on the opposite side of the
1: road. Facing the wrong way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can just imagine that. And, but, you know, like you said, too, this was a pitch black night. Right. Under an underpass. How, are, how is she going to identify or positively you know, identify the gender of the, the folks sitting in this car?
1: Yeah, maybe two shadows, two, two individuals, but yeah, I don't know how correct that could be.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, that baffles me quite a bit. So they didn't, they didn't think nothing about this. I think this was reported later on, you know, when they were doing the investigation. Now, at the time Rhonda was shot, there was, there was another eyewitness that saw Rhonda's car off the road, backed into the ditch, with a, a person standing outside of the car, and a figure slumped over the vehicle, which we're going to assume that's Rhonda.
1: She was uh, slumped over the steering wheel.
0: Slumped over the steering wheel. So this, this person, we don't know if they were a passerby trying to help I don't know if there was another car reported there, you know, somebody pulled over to try to help someone, but this person, this eyewitness claimed, well, they said that they thought it was just uh, somebody drinking, and that's all they thought.
1: Right. They just thought maybe it was somebody drunk, and they were just on the side of the road, so they just saw somebody was with them, so they just continued on. Okay. All right. Now, this same witness later came back, and they'd done uh, under hypnosis to see if he could think of anything that he couldn't think of while they talked to him. And he agreed to do it. And then he come up and he said it was a 70's Chevelle. And okay. a, a messed up front end, some primer on the front end. And he said that the guy that was standing out by the car was around five, seven to six foot. And then he also remembered that there was another car just down the road. It was either a dark blue or a black Trans Am.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Now they did find fingerprints on the door, but none of that has matched anything in the database since then or then. And
0: this black or dark blue Trans Am, there are some people that actually believe this car may have been driven by the murderer. Now, just prior to Rhonda being murdered, her mother woke up in the middle of the night from a dream, and she had dreamed that Rhonda had been in an accident. And she told her husband, Bobby, to turn on the scanner just to see, you know, what was going on, anything that happened or anything. And it just so happened they had heard that Rhonda had been shot. Her car was less than a mile from their home. Right. I mean, how freaky would that be? I mean, how scary would that be? Yeah,
1: premonition to reality in just a few minutes. Yeah.
0: We get into some theories and different things about why Rhonda could possibly have been murdered. You know, there's one theory. She had went to her mother prior to all this saying that or asking her mother if there's ever a good time to have a a relationship with a married man.
1: Yeah, and her mother said, uh, no, I don't think there's ever a good time. It just ends up in everybody getting hurt.
0: Yeah, I mean, Rhonda's mother recalled this conversation later on, you know, after her death. But It's kind of, you know, weird that she would ask that, you know, why, if she was asking it for her or a friend of hers.
1: Yeah, and she was acting weird as well because uh, usually um uh, usually outgoing and, and stuff. And then all of a sudden, anytime she wanted to go to town, she would ask her dad to ride with her anytime and anywhere she went, which was not really part of her character. And then uh, also, she was uh, kind of had insomnia and would stay up late at night and taking showers in the middle of the night. And when asked about it, she just said that she just always felt really dirty.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, I've read a lot of criminal cases and things like that. And anytime somebody wants to shower like that, Dale, they, they you know it's, it's always a sign of their uh, sexual assault or some kind of abuse somewhere going on there.
1: Yeah, correct.
0: Uh, yeah. So, but also another uh, behavior Rhonda was having, she would. Go to her parents' bedroom in the middle of the night and actually sleep on the floor to fill their bed, because I'd read an interview with her father, and where he got up one morning to go to work and he tripped over, laying there. So you know she'd done that several times. So you know it makes me wonder what was going on with what was she what was she scared of? She
1: was scared of something. There's some serious nightmares or something going on to to do that, especially at her age.
0: Yeah, 19 years old, and she her father had also stated too that
1: there was something important she needed to tell him, but. She never got around to it. Yeah, one of those trips when they were going into town, she told him that she really had something she needed to tell him, and he didn't push it. And then uh, she never, she never told him. And then she was killed. Yeah.
0: So you know, it's kind of weird. Getting back to the crime scene, you know, I've me and Dale we've talked off the air about this too. And her car was traveling up a, a hill, and for that bullet to strike the back of her car and Hit a, you know in a straight line and go through the back seat, the front seat, and into her heart. It would have been shot down below the hill, or ricocheted off the highway.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just a weird trajectory. Just especially the low the lowness of the car only being thirty two inches off the ground at the height of the deck lid, and her going up a hill. I just and it's dark, almost pitch black. I just don't see how it can be an an intentional shot, but an accidental shot is also pretty pretty sketchy.
0: Yeah, I mean there was a, there was a case uh, listened to here a while back. There was a woman shot in her vehicle driving down the road from a guy that was shooting beer cans on the lake, and the water, well, the bullet ricocheted off the water and struck her in, in the head.
1: Yeah, through a window, shot her in the head, and so there was a policeman behind her. She started driving erratic and pulled, and she kind of ran off the road and he went up there, and she was dead. Yeah, so I mean,
0: freaky things can happen, but this was. 12.30, 1 o'clock at night. Dark night, pitch black, no moon, you know, very cold. I don't, you know, I don't know. They've, I've heard reports, you know, it could have been a hunter, but somebody maybe spotlighting deer. But, you know, this was right next to an interstate.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: Interstate 40, big interstate. A, a busy interstate. Yeah. Big interstate in North Carolina. But, you know, it's the middle of the night. So, you know, I
1: know. This is a one-in-a-million shot, whether it was on purpose or whether it was an accident or not, but I don't think you could ever do it again.
0: No, I don't think it could be repeated at all. So it makes me wonder, you know, was she being stalked? Was she, you know, her her behavior, you know, was she having an affair with someone?
1: Was she afraid of somebody or, or something?
0: Yeah. That's, there's so many questions to ask about this, and anybody that knows law enforcement and have listened to crime cases, Law enforcement don't tell you everything. They don't reveal all their cards at one time. Right. They don't. You know. They don't tell you everything.
1: We don't know the caliber of the rifle. All we know is it's high powered rifle. That's all
0: we've been told. It would be. It would be nice to know the caliber of, the, of that bullet. What What it was.
1: Yeah. How strong a, How strong the gun was just to penetrate all that car and how far of a distance it would do. Have to, how close you would have to be to make that happen. Yeah. To go, what I'm trying to, to say. go through the
0: back of the car, through two seats and into her. Right. You know. You'd think over a distance, that bullet would lose some Fun. velocity. Yeah. It would lose, you know. But
1: and, and even if it was a ricocheted bullet, it would uh, take some power off, off, you know, that.
0: Yeah, coming was. off the highway or off a tree or anything. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of weird that how all this went down. You know, it's, it's sad, too, that right. the family, the, Rhonda's mother has left her room and in her, in her home exactly the way it was and hadn't changed a thing. Her her dolls, her bed, everything she had in her room is left exactly like it was from 1981. Nothing different. You know, I can't imagine, Dale, I can't imagine the, what the family has had to endure to, you know, to keep going and interviews they've had to do. And
1: Yeah, they said they've done hundreds and hundreds of interviews, and they still haven't got anything. Even in uh, 1982, the reward for this, any information, was up over $20,000, and they still haven't got anything.
0: Mm-hmm. I think at the time... It wasn't long after that, uh, the governor of North Carolina, Jim Hunt, I think he, he had added 5000 at one time, bringing it up to 20000 there was It there was several, play. I think Hickory Steele put some in and, uh, to make, it, make the total $20,000. Right. there has been a description of Rhonda. It says, I can, I can almost imagine Rhonda is still here. This is by her mother. We have a baby doll that she had years and years ago. We kept that out. We've kept some of her trophies out. The grave marker, I think, says it all. On the grave marker, it says, always a ray of sunshine. That's the best description that we could have of Rhonda. It's a perfect description. Wow. So, I mean, it, uh, life taken so short, and after all these years, nothing has been solved about it.
1: Nothing. Yeah, nothing. No, no DNA evidence, no fingerprints. They did find some DNA evidence on our sweater under the armpits. So, like... <laughs> If someone did come by to help her, that would be where they would have grabbed her to help her out of the car, and then laid her down, which would make sense of how she was laying. But maybe she was already gone, and then they just got out of there because they didn't want to be indicted or considered for the murder.
0: Yeah, that's true. And they were there were fingerprints on the car too. that have never been identified. Right on the door. So um, yeah, but if anybody you know has any information on this out there, you know you can contact Burke County Sheriff's Department or your local law enforcement, they can get in contact with them. You can leave us a, a message. You can leave a comment on this episode and give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear you weigh in on it and tell us what you think.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Give us a shout out if you know anything, if you know anything, or if you know anybody that does know anything.
0: That's it. All right, guys. All uh, right, if, like I say, if you like this podcast, go to wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. That Five-star. Five-star. Not a four-star. We want a five-star. And tell us what you think. Um, leave a description. Check out our social media. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Leave a comment. Subscribe.
1: Tell us what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear, what you like, what you don't like.
0: And like I said, too, we're going to put out a case once a week and give you guys something
1: to listen to. Hope you liked it. Hope you enjoyed it.
0: All right, guys. With all that being said, this is The Crack Crack House House Chronicles.
1: Chronicles.